Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by a guy who finds himself in the middle of a co-host controversy. What's up, Gene? Gene. Are you there, Gene? Can you hear me, Gene? <laughs> All right, Gene's having some technical difficulties. I hear you, but you're very slow. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, this uh this this one's starting off uh sure to be a banger of a uh, of a show tonight. So let's see. Gene, are you with us now? <laughs> Live. Live broadcasting, folks. This is this is what you're gonna get. Gene, signal me when you're uh, when you feel like you're totally connected. I'll just uh, I'll drop you off the stream for now. So, um, yeah, welcome to uh, welcome to Potadelphia. Uh, we have actually a, a a lot going on this week. Um, we have a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia. We have a head coach fired um, for the Flyers, and we have uh, quite the soccer game uh, to talk about that went down on uh, Sunday at Subaru Park. Um, so where should we begin? <laughs> I guess we'll start with the union uh, because, uh, you know, Gene and I actually went down to the game on Sunday uh, to, to check it out. And, um, I gotta say, you know, learning the day before that we were going to have 11 players out, uh, due to COVID or COVID protocols. Um, it, it certainly raised some eyebrows and, um, and it's, 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 it's really hard. It was hard for me to understand going into that day, um, how this game could even possibly be played. Um, we went through an entire year watching seasons get delayed, individual games get delayed, MLB games got delayed. Uh, just uh, just re as recently as uh, a few weeks ago, or actually a couple weeks ago, a Flyers Islanders game uh, got delayed um, because the uh, the uh, the Islanders had a significant amount of players uh, that were unable to participate in the game. So that game got delayed. So you mean to tell me that an Eastern conference finals of a growing sport to have 11, 11 players, that's a starting team, 11 players out of the lineup due to COVID. You're not going to postpone that game. You're going to make that game a, uh, uh, essentially nothing more than a formality. And give a team a, a, an advantage like that to just sort of waltz into a, a, a championship game in a sport that you're growing and you're trying to convince a nation that you're a viable fifth sport in this country. I think Gene's back. Let's see. Hey, Gene, how you doing? <clears throat> got a good uh, got a good connection now. I think so. I think I figured it out. I don't know what the hell's wrong with my setup here, but. We'll we'll keep working on it. So, so I, basically, I, I was, uh, you know, when you guys aren't here, I'm I'm here alone. I go into like rant mode. Yeah, so I, I, I caught the, and, I and, caught the I, tail end of that. Yeah, yeah. Like how, you know, it was like we were just like here in Philadelphia. I mean, it's not like it's small market. Mm -mm. You know, you're just starting to convince a big market that you're a viable fifth sport. You're not a joke. You're here. You're legitimate. You have a footprint in this country. And then you pull something like this, and it reminds everyone, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Soccer in the United States of America is a joke. Here is, um, I don't know if you want to call this like a, sort of like a, a hot take or whatever, but it is a major, major problem that they are allowing international play to continue sort of in the way that it has always been. Um, you know, all of these other leagues, professional leagues are sort of bubbling. And I understand maybe you, you can't bubble 
for international play. But, uh, you know, I implore, I guess, FIFA or whoever is regulating this whole run-up to the World Cup. Like, let's really seriously think about holding maybe a regional tournament or trying a different method of getting these teams sorted out to get into that tournament. Because it's not just what's happened to the union. This has been a global problem where players go off to play internationally, especially these guys who are going into hot spots like South Africa with their teams, and they're playing in a match or two over the course of a week, and they come back and they they spread it across their entire team. Um, and more importantly for MLS, I understand your protocols, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have followed the protocols, but why didn't they consider rescheduling the match after they could get clearance for the players to be able to at least field your regular team? You know, I don't know. It was, was, was there some sort of protest by NYCFC that said, no, we have to play it on Sunday or else we're not going to play? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand why with things being sort of unprecedented, this is your Eastern Conference semifinal or final. Why aren't you looking at it and saying, well, if we push to Tuesday, maybe we can get more people? Are you worried about the gate receipts? Because those tickets were sold. And you can just say, you know, hey, the game's sun Tuesday night. Come if you can. You don't have to refund tickets if you're still holding the game. I, I, I don't understand the the need to be like, well, you know, we've got to put these guys in, into protocol. Well, there's a couple of things because there's a rumor. There was a rumor going around that this all stemmed from uh, like Andre Blake's birthday party or something, which was totally debunked yep. bullshit. That was weeks before they played a game uh, since then. And, you and know, there were other players that were there that were not in the protocol. Right. And credit where credit is due in this situation, um, shout out to Crossing Broad and Kevin Kincaid, who was the only person that I saw when I was combing the internet for more information, who actually troubled himself to do any real research and digging into what actually went down. And it sort of unearths that the, the union players didn't violate any league protocol. Right? They, they didn't – I mean – they, they did league-sanctioned events, and part of playing in the MLS, part of the reason why these guys play in the MLS is to get exposure, to get exposure for their national clubs, to be able to go and play in these other leagues and use the MLS as a stepping stone. So it's actually good for the MLS to have these players go out and do that, so you right. shouldn't penalize them when they come back being an ambassador for your friggin' league to come back and penalize them at the, for their home club. Right. And I mean, in this, from what I understood from what Kevin Kincaid reported is it was, you know, there was a player that had gone over to, to play in a tournament or play in a couple of qualifiers in Africa. Uh, I think he played in two different games. Uh, one of which I think was in South Africa and members of that team got, uh, got COVID and, we know if you've watched the news in the last week and a half that South Africa is a really hot spot right now for this variant. Uh, and, and, you know, people that were in this protocol, these were guys that were vaccinated. And this new variant is showing up with people that have the vaccine with positive tests. Being vaccinated does not mean you are immune. You will not get COVID. It just means that you are less likely to have severe symptoms and die you're less likely to be hospitalized. But it could mean that you do show up with a positive test. And much to your point, these were players that were, you know, this is a player that was doing something, representing his country and, and representing MLS, comes back and the league just doesn't say, well, yeah, we have sort of these protocols in place, but let's really seriously look at this outbreak and 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 say, is this going to be a fair representation of our league to put both of these teams out there as currently constructed. Now, my caveat being the union team that did go out there and play on Sunday played a hell of a game. Uh, I, I, I 
I can't say that there was anybody that I would have not that I thought was not playing up to the the level that they needed to play, or that there was a glaring uh, talent disparity between New York City and and the Union. But to be like on the other hand, they were literally missing. 75% of their starting defense and their MVP caliber goaltender. You can't tell me that that does not impact that game considering it went down to the 87th minute before that goal that was to take the lead was scored. Well, it came well I mean if we want to talk about the actual Xs and Os of the game, it just came down to the fact that there was literally no bench. Literally no bench. Like that starting 11 had to play the full 90 and NYCFCs gets to bring in like million dollar substitutes off the bench. When well, we saw uh, them use at least four of them in the second half. Yeah, and it's just you know fresh legs versus someone who's been running for an hour and a half. You've almost swapped uh, out your entire team against tired legs. It, it, it catches up, and you know, I mean, yeah, sure, they put up a great fight, but everyone, I mean, like you knew walking into that stadium. That you, I mean, the Union weren't going to win that game. I mean, you were they weren't going to win that game. They should have just played the Rocky theme literally through the entire. I mean, at that level, I mean, but but like, and honestly, like at that level, it's a game of inches. Mm -hmm. It's a game of of centimeters. And to say to take out eleven players, eleven available players, including the league's best goaltender. And really solid defenseman. I mean, like, it's just, you're just not going to win that game. And it's, MLS held that game knowing, knowing what the result was going to be. And don't let them fool you. A New York team, a New York soccer team in the final where there's a huge, huge, huge soccer market in New York is much more beneficial to MLS viewership than a Philadelphia team. Like I, I get that there's like growing enthusiasm in the Delaware Valley for the union, but by leaps and bounds, a New York team is much better for MLS in the long run to be in the final than the union. And as much as there, there you MLS has carved itself into the sports landscape in this country by finding small market teams that don't have uh, a huge professional sports footprint. They're much happier seeing a New York team in there uh, at the end of the day. And that's frustrating. It's frustrating that for a lot of reasons, it felt like, you know, and I am not usually one to buy into conspiracy theory, but I mean, there's just way too many indicators that this decision was not made in the interest of having the truest representation of the two teams that were competing for that spot in the final. There's just no way that you could consider that a, an even match, a fair match. And, you know, there, there is something to be said, and I don't know if this is, I mean, you know, I'd like to believe this, but I can think back to times when I was playing in, in, youth sports, and um, we had similar situations. I remember specifically when I was a kid in junior high school and there was a basketball team where, um, you know, this is a little bit of a different situation, but we we showed up, we were the home team, and there was like 10 of us that had showed up for the game, and the other team showed up, but they only had four players. So... Oh, did like one of your guys have to go over and play? Two of like- our guys went over and played for them so we could play the game. And... Um, you know, we agreed that, you know, the game would be a forfeit. But, you know, in the interest of sportsmanship. But yeah, but you're playing youth sports, dude. Like, I am. But what I'm saying a- is, you know, there has to be some level. of if, if you can have that level of sportsmanship with kids, there should be a level of, gent- you know, this is a game where there are certain unspoken things Gene, that is your happen. argument that New York should have given us like two defensemen? No, my my argument is that the game. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to follow. My game is my argument is the game should have been played after they could have cleared at least half of those players. I'm not saying they all would have cleared, but they're you know we're talking probably a matter of a day or two to get those test results back that were to meet the protocol. No, if it was a result of a of a 
of players playing in league sanctioned approved events they should have there should have been no they, they should have played the game when everyone was able to return or a 10-day protocol or two negative tests or something should have come back that said like it's a, it would be like the jaguars and the dolphins go play in london because the league told them to. I mean, like, that's an extreme mm-hmm. example because it's certainly not like these players were instructed to go play for their for their national teams or whatever. But And then they came back and said, oh, sorry, you have to forfeit the next game because you guys, too many of you caught COVID while you were at London being ambassadors for our league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that is a very good example. And, I, I you know, the NFL, it, it's, it's amazing that the NFL hasn't had a bigger problem than they have had so far. I don't know. It's a joke. And then, you know, I don't know where Jim Curtin, like, I don't know where his, his politics are with COVID as they relate to COVID. I know he's a pretty liberal dude, but um, he had some interesting post-game uh, comments. Did you read any of these, Gene? Uh, the one I that sticks out is I remember saying, you know, he just felt bad for the guy, the healthy guy. I think he said like the healthy players that were, were sitting at home yeah. and sort of emphasized healthy. Yeah, he said, um, yeah, I feel bad for there's 11 healthy guys um, that couldn't play. He also said, uh, I'd imagine if every person that walked into our stadium today got tested, I would just say there'd be a decent percentage that unknowingly have it as well. It's complicated. I'm not a scientist. I defer to scientists, so don't get me wrong. I'm about as progressive and open-minded as anyone. But that I think at the same time, I think as new things come in, we have to adapt and adjust like we all have. Right. I don't have the solution, so please don't let this run some idiot piece on Fox News or some idiot piece on CNN. Keep me out of that, please. But we're all trying to do the best we can, and sometimes it works out well and sometimes it doesn't. We had 11 guys that are healthy to play a soccer game that aren't here because they have a version of the sniffles. So it sounds like Jim Curtin was like, yeah, they got COVID, but they could play, so they should be able to play. Right, like they're vaccinated. They have COVID. Let them play. That but seems right. to like me they, to be like a pretty like, like they, um, they can't clear this variant yet. But well, <laughs> that seems to me to be a little bit risque. It is. It is certainly somebody that's he, he's making a, a stand. He's he's not shying away from the question. He's not. He's letting his sort of opinion be known. And um, you know, I imagine that if he was that candid in a press conference and he's usually fairly close to the vest um, that in private, he must've been livid. I, I can't even imagine um, what it was like for him, the lead up to all of this, having to deal with, you know, having to make these decisions and find these guys that he was going to play and know that he was going to have basically himself handcuffed going into the game, that he was going to have 11 guys and they were just, they were just going to have to get through it. But it kind of brings up an interesting question, right? Like, are we starting to move into an era of COVID where if someone has COVID, it's just, okay, they have COVID. Like, okay, you're sick, but like you can still function. You don't have to go into bubble wrap. I mean, are we getting into that zone where it's like, you're vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, you have COVID, you're not, you don't have symptoms. Can we play sports together? Yeah, that's the thing is I think that, I would like us to get to that point, but I don't know that, you know, things have gotten with this particular virus so scary. And I don't know if it was just because there was no way to fight it for so long that it's just sort of the, the drumbeat has been, if you have it, you have to be avoided at all costs. Um, right. You know, and maybe as this thing sort of mutates and, and changes, you know, maybe, yeah, sure. It's going to be more virulent. You can catch it easier, but also it's going to be less likely to turn, you know, cause severe illness. Um, I think we don't know yet, especially if it's literally just this variant that's just been sort of identified within the last couple of weeks. But I think that eventually, if we're going to progress into a normalcy, there is not going to be an elimination of a virus like COVID, especially clearly as a rove, it's, it's, it's mutating so much. It's not going to be like smallpox where it's just going to poof, vanish, um, you know, and right. nobody will ever get it again. So eventually we're going to have to be like, yes, you know, we are all have this certain amount of immunity and, you know, 
I mean, that's a great question that he brings up. If they tested everyone who was at Subaru Park that day, what, I mean, were there people there that didn't know they have it that would have I mean, tested just, positive? Just math tells you that there had to have been. And just would never know. Right. Just never know. And may, like would, you may had be it, well you don't, know. and you never right. knew you had it. Right. And I mean, like, I, you know, or uh, Omicron, you know, whatever like the stuff that I see on CNN is saying, okay, okay. Yeah. It's more contagious, but guess what? It's less deadly. Right. And maybe that's going to be what we're going to, to start to see. And maybe in, in six months, it'll be, that'll be, you know, given it'll be old news, but unfortunately the timing of this absolutely sucks for our soccer team. Meanwhile, if Sarah is listening to this show right now, she's banging her head against the wall, listening to me talk about COVID. Um, so, but let's talk about some good stuff. What, I mean, Gene, yeah. what did you think of the atmosphere at Subaru park on Sunday? Uh, I think I thought even, you know, all things considered that it was just as, as sort of enthusiastic and hype as the other games that I had been in. I think once people got sort of gotten to their, into the stadium and into their seats, they were excited to see the game. They were excited, um, and sort of cautiously still optimistic that maybe, you know, the union could pull it out. Um, there was no lack of enthusiasm for the team that I saw in the stands or throughout the game. I mean, if anything, this game was, and it was partly because maybe we were, uh, you know, we were in a pretty good section. Um, you know, everybody seemed fairly engaged the entire 90 minutes. Uh, there was, didn't seem like there was a, I think you even commented at one point, you turned to me and said, you know, I'm very proud of us that even after that goal at the 87th minute, you didn't see like, 5,000 people just sprint for the exits, you know, because it's the equivalent of, uh, you know, giving up like a three-run home run uh, at the bottom of the eighth. You know, you, you're, you're, you're slight, you know, on time. Um, but, yeah, no, everybody sort of hung with it, stayed through the entire game. I didn't see a lot of Union fans stick around to watch the celebration. Um, watch we, didn't, we didn't stick around to watch the celebration. Celebration? Um, Come on. But we did, we did stick around until the final whistle, absolutely. Of so. Course. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see a lack of enthusiasm. I, if, if anything, I saw a lot more, you know, even more engagement than had been with the, with the other games. And um, I really do feel like this playoff run has grown a sort of new crop, new, uh, uh, a more serious fan. I know that I'm going to be looking forward to and reading a lot of uh, postseason uh, stuff about the team. I'm going to be a lot more prepared once the season starts to be following really close from day one. Um, so I think that if that, if, you know, there's a lot of people like me that were looking for something to gravitate, gravitate to sort of in this vacuum that we've sort of landed in, in the Philadelphia sports landscape. Um, th you know, the other teams are to some degree at varying degrees, a little bit depressing to engage with right now. Um, you know, even when the Sixers were sort of on a run, the whole situation and drama just sort of makes you not, it's not attractive. Uh, the Flyers are literally a dumpster fire. Um, I, I haven't seen sort of quite this much of a collapse for a team in a long time. Uh, the Phillies, you know, we had some news, but they weren't playing games. And the Eagles, well, uh, talk about, uh, you know, sort of an up and down 500 season. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we're going to, we're going to get to them. I feel like it was a, now I haven't gone to like a ton of championship games or like major playoff games and stuff, but I mean, I would say that was like a top 10 sporting event that I've been to probably in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly I mean, the atmosphere. I mean, it was, I mean, you could feel the energy in the air. It was, it was a really positive, um, uber friendly uh crowd like everyone seemed like you know as far as like union fans go there was like a lot of co camaraderie um we had a great time talking with the, the people that were next to us and everyone was was really friendly it wasn't too um it wasn't too out of hand um i will say my one observation i took away was there was not one eagles chant uh, that it was I another heard. impressive thing. Yeah, another impressive Subaru thing. Park, and the games were going on kind of at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the Eagles game ended probably around halftime yeah. of uh, of the Union game. So uh, I was really surprised not to hear one Eagles chant. Um, 
especially after it, you know after we lost too then i was like okay this is when they're going to come out with the eagles chance because right. you know new york or whatever um uh nyc fans they were you know typical opposing fans to me i mean it wasn't wasn't yeah, too I, out of I, hand i, I had heard think. a lot of negative stories coming in um about how um the rivalry is a little bit chippy um that sometimes when there's been other away when the when new york city has been in town other times there have been some some com- combativeness but i didn't see any of that other than you know some some back and forth verbally but i didn't see any major i mean i've seen worse fights at day games at the vet than i saw at the at subaru park um yeah but, yeah so yeah the problem for me is just I'm trying to like I'm trying to really put myself in the shoes of a, a New York City fan mm-hmm. and um, like just I, I don't know. For me, it's like that no win situation. Um, it's like, OK, well, you won. So you were supposed to win because right. you like real i mean like the union were so ravaged with players being out it would be embarrassing if you lost but then if you lost you know what an absolute disgrace this is so it's like you can't lose or you'd be disgraced but you can't be happy about your win because duh you're supposed to win like how could you lose to, that? Uh, to a certain degree i think that there there should have been you know and i i mean not even necessarily with the players but um you know, I guess if you're a road fan, I mean, obviously your your enthusiasm for having gone on a road trip to see the game, maybe it would have been, um, you know, you would have been a little more enthused. But had that pl- game been played at Yankee Stadium under these conditions, uh, I would have hoped that there would have been sort of a, a little bit of a subdued um celebration I, I i mean that's absolute not i mean that wouldn't I, happen i get it but, but i i gotta say gene even to like a like at a microcosm of this when the phillies beat the rays like i was i was over the moon i was super happy phillies won the world series it's like my dream come true to see the phillies win the world series like so happy yeah. When the Eagles beat Tom Brady and the Patriots, I like literally wanted to just, like, rip yes. my shirt off and yeah. like flip over trucks out on the street. Like, oh, I mean, it was it was slaying the dragon. It it, it literally made an entire fan base feel exponentially more powerful. Especially right. considering so, it was revenging avenging a law, a, a literal of uh, avenging a law. But my point is, is like as a New York City fan. Even even for them, something was taken away from this event, it being held in the manner yeah. that it was held. Right. Yeah. It, it, there was really no positive thing to be taken away from this, except for maybe the programmers get the result that they want. And uh, who wants to make those people happy? Right. All right. So uh, let's talk about the game we didn't watch. Uh, yeah. While we were watching uh, the, the, I have movie. seen a lot of it at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. Sort of yeah. um, by uh, by the advantage you know, of us not recording on Sunday nights anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I have seen a lot of it, so I can at least, it, to some degree, intelligently make some. But I mean, like we're not an X and O's show anyway, and we haven't and been for a long. time. The real story that came out of this is: Do we have a contra- a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia? Absolutely, and, of course. We okay, do. thank you, Gene. We do have a quarterback controversy. <laughs> That's the level-headed type of analysis that we're looking for. <laughs> time is yours, Gene. Why, why yeah, do we well, have I a mean, quarterback controversy here. Uh, you know, and maybe I'm taking a little bit of a devil's advocate stance, but like to to be sure. honest, and it's this is not something that we haven't said on this show before. Do we know that Jalen Hurts is the man? I don't think that any of us, you, me, or Sarah, has ever just been like, oh no, absolutely, Jalen Hurts is the franchise quarterback, and it's unquestion and it's unquestionable. I don't think that that's true. Um, I think that if you watched, uh, you know, from what I saw of the game, and I mean, admittedly, I'm literally sort of coming into this blind and just sort of looking at statistics and, you know, seeing highlights. But I mean, he did appear to have a great command of the offense. He, he made a lot of decisions. He was, this is a guy that had no training camp and we all know uh, had no preseason preseason doesn't mean nearly what it used to. 
And, you know, from everything I understand, especially in sort of the modern NFL, backup quarterbacks do not get reps during the, the year. You're sort of, uh, you know, certainly not anywhere near the level that you would need to have, have sort of gotten the mastery of the of the playbook that, you know, that you would need to, to take over uh, the starting job. But so he's doing a lot of this. Is, it's a lot of it is mental reps. Um, and I'll tell you, the, the thing that excites me most about what I saw from Gardner Minshew, and it's something that I've sort of posted on my own social media, is my God, is his enthusiasm for the game of football infectious? I mean, this guy looked like, I mean, I thought that Bryce Harper and his dad had a good relationship. Gardner Minshew and his pop, my God, they they take father-son bonding to like a whole other level. I thought they were literally going to like <laughs> mosh, throat punches, whatever. Like there was just so much unbridled enthusiasm when he saw his dad after that win. Um, you know, that's sort of infectious and that's sort of a hard thing to, to not find appealing. Um, now, do I think that when we, you know, in next week, you know, when, when we're, you know, the bye and then we're back against Washington, do I think that Jalen Hurts immediately gets removed from his starting job? Tough shit. I don't know. I don't think that that's necessarily true. But here is where I'm at. I absolutely believe that we should go into next training camp. This is an open competition. This is an open competition. You need to be saying to Gardner, I don't know if you're saying it, you know, behind closed doors or whatever. Um, you know, hey, man, we really appreciate what you did you're going to have a chance to compete for that job. I really believe that that should be the tenor in the quarterback room. Um, you know, and I think that that's important because we've seen that that sort of thing can get into a guy's head. And I want to know whether, uh, you know, my quarterback is affected by the idea of competition. This is the NFL. There should be competition at the most important position in football. Um, it's a luxury that the Eagles have had for a long time that they have had good backup quarterbacks. It's sort of becoming a tradition to have a good backup quarterback. We won the Super Bowl with a good backup quarterback, probably the best backup quarterback in the history of the NFL. Uh, I'm, bold statement I'm going to put out there, but how many other backup quarterbacks have a statue? Very few. Um, so that's that's my take. The the, you don't you think know, Steve Young was the best backup quarterback in the history of the NFL? Well, I mean, maybe his backup career wasn't necessarily. Well, well I mean, the same thing could be said for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, yeah it, it sure can. So, but uh, I guess both of them have won Super Bowls as well. Okay, fine. But did any of them beat Tom Brady? <laughs> well, Steve Young was the Tom Brady of his. Uh, of his okay, record. fine. So, uh, okay. I so I, I mean, there's there's the there's the pro. The I see pro, you quarterback controversy, Gene. Yeah, there's the there's I the pro controversy uh, side of the argument. So Garner Minshew comes in. Although I heard him called on uh, on Sports Talk Radio today, Minichew. I heard that too. It's like a Minotaur or something, Minichew. Uh, he comes in. Uh, he comes in and and yeah, takes care of business against the Jets. <laughs> I mean, what do you want, dude? So he so he came in, he did his job. He threw threw a couple touchdown passes. Good on you, man. That you did a you did a good job for a backup crew. You did what you were supposed to do. You came in, took care of business. Thank you very much. Now back on the bench. <laughs> We're acting I mean, I, like Garner Minshew. I think a lot of people have this memory of him having like a great, a great career with the Jaguars, like Jaguar great Garner Minshew. <laughs> uh, I, he didn't take a team to the playoffs or anything. That Jaguars team is awful. It's all he did was take Nick Foles' job for a minute. For a minute. Well, and, and Nick Foles, unfortunately, I don't know that he necessarily played himself out of that job. It was sort of a combination of uh, a, a fluke injury and I, I don't know. You Look, we know what Garner Minshew is. We know what he is. There's no ceiling. 
there's no like what's the ceiling Gardner Minshew's ceiling we don't know we don't know how good he's he he's Jeff be. Garcia he's he's Coy Detmer he could be amazing like he could be the greatest thing no he can't he we know what Gardner Minshew is we don't fully know what Jalen Hurts is yet and look we said all right going this season let's see what we got let's see what the coach has let's see what the quarterback has we'll give him a season we'll evaluate so Garner Minshew's not going to play anymore this season. I mean, unless <laughs> I mean, like, unless unless, Jalen Hurts, unless Jalen Hurts gets hurt, you're, I don't think we're going to see any more Garner Minshew. And if we do, he ain't going to be playing the Jets. No, he'll be playing somebody that's in the NFC East, though. He'll be playing the Redskins or the Giants, probably. Maybe Dallas. But and and maybe Dallas, but. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I don't get carried away with it. Look, everyone's favorite player on football teams, backup quarterback, right? And I mean, very early in the year, when 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 he was signed, uh, you know, when that when that move was completed, the the first things I should have heard was just wait, just wait until Jalen goes down, and everybody's going to want the mustache to to take over the the reins. Um, well, everyone's calling for Flacco too, right? Were were people true. calling for Flacco at the start of the season? In the preseason, yeah. Yeah, I'm where's he? Very, done? very glad we did not end up with Flacco. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I you're going to be our, very gl- like, look, honestly, do not want Garner Minshew as your starting quarterback. We have we have three first round draft picks. Is the thing that you want going into the draft? Is do you want to draft a a, a first round quarterback? and bring that into the mix here, or are you good to go into the summer with these two guys? Not really. Because somebody's going to have to make the decision in the, in the spring to be like, are we going to use one of these picks on a quarterback? You know, and then what do you do? Then you may have a legit – then you have controversy. When you bring in another – you if you spend one of these first-round picks on a quarterback, by God, that guy better be – they better be planning to play him. Don't burn one of those first-round picks – on a quarterback that you want think. to be the backup. I mean, I don't I don't think they will. Um that's just that's just my hunch. I think it's too it's so convoluted as it is now. I I, I don't that doesn't make sense to me. I think you're probably gonna roll with Jalen Hurts next year again. I but mean, then you gotta they, start talking about do you extend him? Would you keep Minshew as the backup, or are you know. looking to are you looking to move sure. him for capital? Capital, like, are you looking to move him for like a fourth round pick in the draft? You know, this season. If we get a fourth round pick for Gardner Minshew, you'll drive him to the airport, right? He gone. <laughs> Didn't isn't that what we shipped for him as a fourth round? I pick? mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about Gardner Minshew. He's just a backup quarterback for me. I mean, it's just it's fine. He was an upgrade over Flacco. Like that's all I can yes. say. It's absolutely he's an upgrade. He was an upgrade he's an up- over Flacco. It's, and he he's has an upgrade over uh, what was the other who was the other guy that we had for years? Um it, Nate Sudfeld. He's an upgrade yeah, over if Nate he, Sudfeld. I mean, too. like, look, if if Hertz went down, sure, like he's serviceable. He'll he win you a what game. He's doing. Um, but you know, look, I I I just want to see Hertz finish out the season. I think he's just more explosive he's more dangerous i i just think that there's more dimension to, to jalen hurts and i i just want to see what he could do to finish out the season because you know at the end of the day it probably is going to be either the eagles or the redskins with that last playoff, playoff spot. spot i saw power rankings of teams under 500 that had um you know the eagles at number one so you know i i think well and and, and washington plays dallas this week you know, so we could be going into that game yeah. basically eyeball to eyeball. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be, you know, they, they kept it interesting till the end, which is probably more than you could have asked for at the beginning of the season when talking about this Eagles team. It's like, they, hey, they're in the mix because the NFC sucks. Right. But if you, if the NFC is going to suck, you've got to at least make sure that you're in contention in, a, in, sure. in, 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 the, in, the, in the slog. Sure. Do you think that because uh, Jalen Hurts had a particularly bad showing against the Giants that it sort of um, has lent itself to more of this conversation? If he had come out and really lit up the Giants, do you think that we're, we're there's any of this? Or do you think it's just in the in the nature of being a Philadelphia well, fan that when you see a backup quarterback, you want him to start? 
well, because then you'd be talking about you're on a four game winning streak, mm-hmm. you know, and you just want to keep it. You just want to keep it rolling, and if it works, it works. It, I mean, look at the end of the day, it's the running game. I mean, like Garner Minshew looked good because they have a strong running game, and that's when Jalen to be hurts. a strong running game. That's when Jalen Hurts looks good is when they have a strong running game. When Wasn't you put up, like to- we're only like the the like the fifteen since nineteen fifty to have five consecutive one hundred and seventy five yard rushing. I don't know some ridiculous stat like that. But I mean, you know, if that's not there, Gardner Minshew, he's not he's not in the conversation. I just everyone's just like, shut up about it. like calm down. The uh, calm the down. the interesting thing is, yeah. I guess it was probably Monday afternoon, yesterday afternoon. I was uh, I was in the car and I had um, I had the midday show on on WIP's midday show on. Uh, there's your free plug, assholes. Um, <laughs> I expect one in return. Um, but uh, they had done one of those fun Twitter polls, and it was who should start, Gardner Minshew or um, Jalen Hurts. Do you want? Do you have any idea what the percentage would be? You want to take a guess? And this was near the end of the show, so it was. Oh, well, it was Minshew probably seventy percent. You say 70% of the audience said Minshew should start? Yeah. It's totally flopped. 68% said Hurts. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, revolving. And that, was, and that was Monday afternoon. So that was when the most you, – you, I think people are at their most fickle Monday oh. afternoon. Look at that. Yep. Yeah. Right, 68% said – and it was a, a lot of votes, apparently. 68% said Jalen Hurts. I'm proud of it. Was, uh, was Nick Foles in there that took away kind of – that kind of split the Minshew vote? Uh, probably. I think that – I think if, if anybody was going to lose votes there, it was going to be, be, you know, who should start Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, or – where is Nick Foles right now? Is he still in Chicago? I don't know. I don't know Again, he's once he's not playing for the Eagles, he, like, slinks into obscurity. There's something <laughs> about wearing midnight green that gives that guy superpowers. Yeah. Oh. Ah, we know what that means. You know what time it is. <laughs> Ooh, that elf. Yeah, yeah. My wife's on it now. I gotta uh, oh actually I, oops, I snoozed it, so it's gonna it's gonna happen again in a minute. But um <clears throat> all right. Well, do we wanna uh any more Eagles talk? Uh just bye week coming up, right? Bye week, you know. Is there? What are you? Do you expect the Eagles to make the playoffs at this point, or no? You think they split against the Redskins, right? So I mean, like it's like it's kind of like a loaded question. Do I expect them to make the playoffs? It's like no, I don't expect them to make the playoffs. Can they make the playoffs? Yeah, sure. Is it like a 50-50 chance? Yeah, maybe it's like a forty-five percent chance the Eagles. I mean, make that's the basically what the math says is that they were a thirty-eight percent to make the playoffs. Yeah, I still kind of like don't trust. Like, if you're if it's if it's a race between the Redskins and the Eagles, like I kind of trust. I would trust Ron Rivera more than I trust Nick Sirianni. I would trust. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I trust. Heineke would you rather have Heineke or Hurts? I mean, I feel like that's sort of uh, almost like who's like having a, a better season. Like I, I don't know. I think Heineke's probably having a better season than Hurts, but the Eagles' running game like makes up for so much. And I think maybe the defense. I mean, both their defenses are pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's good. Those those games are going to be good. I mean, they're going to be like uh, competitive. We'll put it that mm-hmm. way. Like, maybe yeah. they're not going to be like the best football you've ever watched, but they're going to be two teams that are evenly matched, kind of scrapping it out. Like, I wouldn't bet on those games. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and I imagine the line's yeah. going to be very close. And I think you'll see it, you know, a point, you know, minus one, you know, depending on who's at home. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to, to watch that game when they come back. Um, yeah. You know, I would really, I really hope that the Eagles get that win you know win that game because i i do want to sort of stretch out the the enthusiasm i like a good playoff push um so you know and make that giants game you know i i think that they're going to play really well against the giants the second game i think you're going to see a very different team against the giants when they're here in philadelphia um boy your lips to god's ears what do you think is the is this another thing um that i was thinking about what do you think up until this point, what would you say is the worst loss of the year the Eagles had? Like, what 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 loss stings the most? 
Well, the Dallas game was absolutely humiliating. But I feel like that was kind of always a loss. Mm. The, I mean, the Giants game probably. See, I think the 49er game in particular, because we really did have a chance to win that game. I know it was early in the season, but man, just looking at the way this is sort of sh- shaken out with the 49ers sort of being right here with us, it would be so nice not only to have that yeah. win in the bag, but to have that sort of tiebreaker. Like if they had been running the ball then the way they are now, they absolutely win that game. I mean, could There's probably no doubt the in my mind. Same way. Yeah. The, we do hold the tiebreakers over a bunch of teams that are kind of. I think we have the tiebreaker over there. Minnesota. Like um, we don't know. Yeah, Saints obviously. Carolina. I, I mean, Carolina is probably like uh, Carolina and Atlanta are kind of out of it now. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both um, are. But there was a time where we were kind of all there, mm-hmm. and a bunch had a bunch of tiebreakers. But yeah, that Viking loss to the to Detroit. That is that's a bad loss. <laughs> That is a really Oops. bad loss. Oops. They they celebrated like they won the goddamn Super Bowl in, in Michigan. Michigan. Well, good for them. I mean, they you know, I'm happy for them. Yeah, Whatever. I hope they win another game before the end of the Fuck year. That'd the Vikings. Be great. That's like another one of those like random teams that it's just like you know if you're of a certain age you hate. Yeah. You know, if, uh, in Philly. Um. All right. So you got it. You got your Sunday free, so you can watch the the timber. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm going to watch the timber uh, absolutely annihilate NYCFC. <laughs> it's soccer, I hope it's, man. They're I not going to annihilate it. It's going to be like two I, to one. I, oh, I hope it's five nil. If it's two one, care. if it's two nothing, it's a blowout. Yeah, you know. So yeah, good luck to the timber. I hope they uh, hope they bring it home. Let's go, Portland. <laughs> uh, Flyers make some news. I think I broke out the Flyers after like first time this season. Yeah, yeah. On the so, show, and um, I got my and I got my martini going. Sweet. I didn't have a martini glass today. So yeah, cool. I mean, talk about. I mean, we all saw it coming. It was just a matter of like how long were we gonna like how how much rope were we gonna let this this man have before we kick the the stool out from underneath of him? You know, uh, I, I we all knew he wasn't gonna make it to Christmas. <laughs> Even though at Thanksgiving I was praising the hell out of the organization He's like, I'll be home for, for keeping Christmas. him. Don't worry, man. Talk about talk about egg on my face. My God. So are you? I mean, uh, were you? I mean, we're obviously we're not really surprised. I mean, the the Flyers are an absolute freefall. Um, but do you think that this is going to help? I mean, not really. You know, it feels like there is just something fundamentally fundamentally wrong right now with that Flyers team. And I I can't tell you what it is, but when I've watched them, they they have not looked like they're the better team on the ice in a I mean they fundamentally have too many injuries. Four weeks, yeah. Well that's I mean, that's true. They have too many injuries. They look really slow. Very slow. They don't like appear to be skilled. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say. I mean they they score five goals, but you know Last night they but they lose anyway. Um, what was that? Eight in a row or nine in a row now? I think it's nine in a row now. Um, it you know, Devils are coming up next. Could very easily be ten. I, well, I just don't was, know. Where and this the is a division where I mean, this is a division where you needed to stay on pace the whole year, and by putting yourself in this position, you've you're you've almost played yourself out of out of the a playoff chance, and it's you know. And if you're, it's like if you're a gambler at this point, you just bet against the Flyers until they win. Right. You know, it's the opposite of like that end of the season Cardinals run where you just bet on the Cardinals every night until they lose. Um, it's just, I, I just don't, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel like there's a corner being turned. It doesn't feel like anyone's coming back to save us. We're picking guys off the waiver wire to just kind of, shake things up and and make something happen. I wouldn't want to walk in here as the next head coach right now and try to try to do anything. I mean, it's a it really is a dumpster fire. Yeah. It 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 really is. And uh well, I mean, and we of, and we and we saw it sort of we saw like the collapse last season and we all were like, well that that can't happen again. There's just no way that that's going to be allowed, 
under, you know, the, as the Flyers organization, they don't do this. Yeah, well, you know, last it, it's a it, the team's very different than it was last year, and like for for many years, we just rearranged the deck chairs, right? Like it was like, okay, well, let's try this combination. It was like, well, let's shake up the lines, you know, or whatever. Last year, I felt there was some like major moves made to make this team look different this year. I agree. It so it didn't work. It didn't work. So, well, who's left to blame now? Who's left to blame? You fired the coach. You fired the players. I guess you got to blame Chuck Fletcher. I I mean I guess so. I I guess so. Unless you want to say okay, well we'll wait another year and see if these guys can come back healthy with a new coach and see what happens then. But like, what else needs to happen? Before? Okay, we'll move the elf. Um, <laughs> What else needs to happen? There's no there's no owner. There's no boss. What happens? What happens, Flyers? What do you do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just tank for four years? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Even the, you know, it seems like the other teams in the division are all getting better fast, not worse. You know, you're, you're lagging well behind. You, you know, the rest of your division, you're going to get buried and you're going to get buried fast if you don't figure something out. And I don't know that there is some magic free agent that you could bring in and, and change this atmosphere. You're, you're going to need to be able to find a coach that, that has the flying V or something, some sort of technique that, that, you know, has just never been heard of in hockey to sort of really make this you all right there was that just was that your third martini or your first don't worry about me gene <laughs> but that's the thing is i mean like i i don't know i mean i'm sure sarah can speak to this more intelligently than i probably can but you know what what is a coach going to come in you know is there a coach that has ever existed in hockey that can come in and sort of reverse this sort of disaster you know but this is the Jeez. move that you make this is the move that you make in hockey is you fire the coach how many how many flyers coaches have we we gone through more everyone's than any other sport than I can that. think of? Everyone's going to point to that um, that Blues run where they were just in the turlet and they fired their coach and Baruby took over and they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, well, That's we had Baruby. We we had fired Baruby. That's, That's why he was on the deck. Them, that ain't you. Yeah, that ain't us. Just and like the there's a there's a bunch of other teams that are gonna have their starting quarterback go down and say, oh well, remember the Eagles and Nick Foles came in and they won a Super Bowl. That ain't you. That's, That's us. us, right? So, <laughs> so don't look at these miracle lightning in a bottle teams and go, well, if they can do it, so can we. No, you can't. That was right. them. That ain't you. <laughs> and that's why it's called a miracle because it doesn't happen all the time. If it was, you know if, it was if it happened, if it was, if it happened all the time, you would call it that thing that happens, that normal thing. Remember when we complained about the Flyers being average? Yeah, I wish the Flyers were average. I miss average. Average would be great right now. We right. have a fifty percent chance of seeing a win tomorrow night. Hey, uh, the other thing I heard is uh, talks are going to start to heat up in the NBA about it's. We're getting close to the trade deadline. Oh yeah, Dame wants uh wants Ben, huh? Dame can have Ben. <laughs> oh, bye Gene. Um Yeah, the Sixers got it one out last night uh without the help of uh Tyrese Maxey and uh Joel Embiid looked like uh the MVP that he was uh last year. Hey Gene. I don't know why this happens every time. I guess it's like at the hour mark. It it's all right. We're we're basically done anyway. Yeah. So, but you wanted to talk about Ben. I, I just want to ask is, you know, you know, he's up to like over six million dollars in fines. Keep him coming, man. Like, he literally, I don't like if there's ever been a reason to fine a guy, this is the reason. Like, there, there is nothing like, why isn't he playing basketball? 
Like, I get it. You don't want to be here, but like, that's why you, they, like they sign you to a contract. You sign the contract. Like if you sign it, that means you have to play. It does like, and if you don't want to keep up your end of the contract, then you don't get paid. If I decide tomorrow, I don't want to go to work. They're not going to pay me, especially if I decide I don't want to go to work for three months. There's nothing and there. And I'm, I'm not willing to, to get a note from my doctor that says, this is why Gene can't perform his duties. I'm not going to go and 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 work in the IT department at St. Joe's for free and expect them to pay me. What? Didn't Ben go into practice? With, didn't Ben go and practice with St. Joe's Hawks and and try to? Oh, did he? Yeah. I mean, I'm so out of it with the Ben Simmons thing. Like, I just don't even really. I, 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 would I just want to be like, let me know when he gets traded. I would li- just give me a like a, a a serviceable bench player right now, just so that I don't have this no, albatross. I can't do that, a- dude. You're pot committed now to your to your to your um, initial stance. You know, yeah. You got to see this thing through. You're like both team, but they're so dug in that they uh, that they're like to a fault. Basically, the World War One of basketball situations. We're in the trenches, baby. Yeah, at the Somme. Yeah, it's you know we're just going to move inches every day <laughs> until <laughs> until the Germans collapse. All right. Oh, and hey, uh, baseball's over, so there will be no baseball talk until they return. Baseball's over. Yeah, I guess not, right? Uh, literally, there we there won't be anything to talk about. <laughs> we won't talk about baseball till they come back because nothing's going to happen. I'd watch scabs. I was thinking about that. <laughs> I honestly would. Like, I love baseball so much. I would watch scabs. I wonder. I'm what gonna that go would to the college like. and, uh, and watch would the Bobby Benia would Bobby Benia be in, in, implored to come back and finally put on put back on his Mets uniform? <laughs> It would be a whole when, new meeting um, to Bobby Bonilla day. What's the college baseball schedule look like? When do they start? I don't know, but I'm going to need a lot of it broadcast on Comcast. We should be like about seven oh five. We should go to like University of Penn games or something. Hey, we can go to my alma mater. Uh, Wilmington University has a pretty solid Division three squad. I was, oh, I was going to say the Sales University. I'm, they probably had it. I, I mean, mean, we could I, do that too. Yeah, that's just more of a hike for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a drive. <laughs> Hey, by spring we'll just have to be all in on the union. But, Nova, you know, we could go to Nova. We go see Nova baseball. Nova game. baseball, yeah, sure. I'm sure all these teams are god awful. Yeah, <laughs> who's got a good baseball team around here? Uh, how far is it to Rice? We got to Haverford College. Haverford, okay, sure, yeah. I-, I might just come and watch your kids play. Is that mm. weird? <laughs> yeah. Well, nah, you'd be all right. You want to you want to coach a team, Gene? You want to sign us up for a team? <sighs> Uh, yeah, can you imagine this podcast would be have a we, we would uh, have a whole segment on, based on our our little league strategy, <laughs> and I'd be bringing up the spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we got the we got the uh, the money ball team. Uh, I'm telling kids to tank the assessments, right? <laughs> like, come on, I'll get you in a later round. Uh, all right, I'm gonna call it. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Maybe Sarah will join us next Tuesday. That'll be, I hope uh, so. It'll be nice, nice to have yeah, her back. Yeah, because we won't have any Eagles to talk about. It's going to be, I guess, all Sixers and Flyers. So, uh, Yeah, and Timbers. Unless we start unless we start talking about, like, USA curling with the, uh, hey! the Olympics coming out. I was watching some of the, the USA trials um, this week in curling. So, oh, God. Yeah. How, how bad is Philly sports right now that I'm watching USA curling? Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll be back next Tuesday talking about all that fun stuff uh, and whatever else we can uh, we can dig Russell up. up. If yeah. you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Also, check out the Painted Lines on YouTube and Facebook for wall-to-wall Philly sports coverage. Also, check out the Philly Sports Alliance on facebook um if you just can't get enough philly sports coverage it's just it's just all there um we have it in spades um what else we plug in anything else gene 
No, I think that's no. it. That's it. Until next Tuesday, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here. Uh-huh.